What do you do when you realize that you're a woman trapped in a man's body? What do you do when you realize the man you married is a woman? In this series, we reflect on our past to discuss how we got here and explore where we can go from this point moving forward. Hi, and welcome to The Rage. My name is Callista Termini. And I'm Jennifer Termini. And today we're going to be talking, among other things, about our significant others. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, uh, first of all, as you may be able to see, there are a bunch of boxes behind me because uh, I have recently moved to a new place and we thought it would be a good time to talk about significant others because my um, significant other and I have moved into a place together. So yeah. um, it's taking a lot of work to try and find places for everything. And, uh, you know, I work full time. She works. And so boxes, box. I live in a box garden. Yeah. So we were trying to film and you know Calista's like well we could be on the patio and we looked at the patio and it was like too cramped we could be on the other patio and it was like too noisy well we could be here we could be there but nothing was perfect and so finally I just said fuck it just show the boxes yep. like it's the real deal like just show it who cares <laughs> yep. you know like it, it, just nothing's perfect so precisely and then she kind of looked at me and said ah okay yeah <laughs> exactly so um but that being said also we were trying to think about things to talk about and so much of what we have already talked about has been you know obviously my transition and i'm just in this kind of weird place and i describe it as i've used this analogy actually where um when i first started my transition it was like okay so the way that i see this is like in um video games uh, especially like rpg video games there's usually a map um, where you can see like where you are, you know, what's RPG, uh, role playing game. Oh, OK. So um, where you are in relation to other things on the map. OK. Um, and so I felt like I was on, uh, you know, started off in cis cisgender land. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I uh, started to cross the bridge into transition. And, trans island yeah transition island <laughs> and uh and like if you were to look at it from like a top-down view like a map or trans land sure it's <laughs> being silly um looking at it from a map yeah it's like you can usually see like buildings and things like that and so transition island is just like this big labyrinth with like mazes dead ends um pitfalls and you know surgeries all, all kinds of electrolysis yeah, yeah all the all the things that you go through and it's not a pretty it's not a fun land all the time but I feel like I've navigated that maze and now I'm on the other side and I'm crossing this bridge into the rest of my life and womanhood like you an know, unchartered land for you it's a new land and uh, does that land have a name or it's yet to be named womanhood Okay. Yeah. So, you know, part of like being in cisgender land was also um, me being assigned male and trying to uh, be there 
and femininity and, and womanhood wasn't something that I had access to in that space. Okay. So now I'm traveling into this land of, you know, um, just being myself and sort of like taking, not intentionally taking trans out of the equation because I will always be a woman of transgender experience, but I'm a woman first. And because I'm pretty much done with my transition, at least medically speaking at this point, and will always continue to evolve emotionally, hopefully, and become a better person in that respect. I, But I just feel sort of like, I don't know how much more there is for me personally to explore or to share about the act of transitioning, of being in transition. Right. And now it just feels like when I go out or when I go places, I just feel like I'm, I'm more accepting and, and much more inhabiting just femininity and womanhood and mm-hmm. just my intersectionality with that. Mm-hmm. You've used that word a lot, intersectionality, and it mm-hmm. always sticks with me because I think I know what it means, mm-hmm. but can you give a better definition for it sure. so that I can really be clear on it? Sure. I always look at it like um, like dovetail joints, which come together like that. So it's my integration. My uh. intersectionality is like, how do I integrate into, um, you know, female-only spaces or just into, you know, society as a woman? Okay. And, you know, by and large, I go anywhere I want and do anything I I want just like any other woman does and which is I recognize a privilege on one hand and at the same time uh, has taken some getting used to. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's more where I am in in my journey. And now that hopefully knock on wood, it's cardboard wood. Well, you can't knock down here anymore (laughs) on your crotch. Oh, my God. You can't knock on your crotch. Oh, my God. No, no, I can't. <laughs> Stupid thing to say, but it just made me laugh. Um, but I can't. So fair enough, fair point. Um, and I've lost my I've lost what my train of thought. Well, so I'll add something here. So there's been a couple of times where Calista has asked me questions about things to do with her significant other and us and the way the dynamics are, and I've not wanted to touch that topic um, for quite a few episodes now because there was a little fallout from a previous episode. And, um, but, you know, Calista feels that it's important for us to talk about it because it's a real life thing that's happening and there's no bad person in this story. There's no anyone to blame. It just kind of the way life is, the way relationships are, the way it is with significant others, me being the former and then you having a current Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we don't always see eye to eye about things and I don't even know how to launch into this. What what do you want to say? Well, I thought that we should talk about um, how our relationships with our significant others affect each other. Okay. Um, you know, and one of the things that I was going to bring up, and I think this is for any couple um, that is going through a separation or for individuals in terms of dealing with um, coming to terms with the changing dynamics of what was once a monogamous relationship between you and I, mm-hmm. a marriage, we'll just call it what it was, um, to now where you've had, you know, several boyfriends and <laughs> it makes me sound oh my God, you've had so many, you're such a 
No. <laughs> I mean, it's been four years, so. It has. It has. It's been a while. Um, and, you know, I think in the beginning, like when I, I remember we had gone to a soccer um, tournament for our daughter and um, I forget what. And, and in the beginning, too, of our separation um, and doing things together, I felt I was still much more emotionally dependent on you and and there was still some part of me that held out like a hope like maybe um she'll come around and then you were going to go out on a date and i remember i remember like and i knew that you were trying to avoid the question but you were telling me like you know it was something like i can't i've got other something to do and I just knew that it was a date. And yeah, so and I, I didn't want to be like shoving it in your face because that seemed rude. Yeah. But I think I asked you and you said yes. And it was like a gut punch. Mm. Um, and I mean, and you had every right to do that. And so there was this part of my brain that was telling me like she has every right to do that. But at the same time, it was just the gut punch and the like, like she's moving on and still looking at you as my wife. And yeah. it was just one more in, in my, uh, you know, needing to let go of you. Uh, it was one more nail in, in that coffin. Yeah. And so now there's been, you know, at least two others that I can think of um, since that one person. Yes. Um, and certainly we've come a long way. Yeah. And of course, I think. I see you much more now as a family member and and I'm genuinely happy when you're happy. And I don't think even in the beginning, like, you know, maybe there had been some like when you and um, that person uh, stopped seeing each other, there may have been a little part of me that was like glad. But I think that was not necessarily because I thought like, oh, maybe there's a chance that we're going to get back together. I think it was more selfish and coming from a place of um, like, you know, like I want her to feel sad because I feel sad. Well, we know that's an old pattern of yours. Yes. That if you hurt, you want the other to hurt more. But that's an old way. Oh, it's a very old way. So, you know, and in that respect, well... Hold on. I'm curious. Like, I don't ever feel... I have an example of why I said that. Okay, that This is a story you told. Okay, please. You told me that when we were breaking up, you would you went into the garage one time and you were thinking you had, like, had an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. This is how you described yes. it. You said it on camera. You yes. said, I was so hurt and angry that I wanted to do something that was going to make you hurt as much as I hurt. But your angel got the better and you let the devil, you kicked the devil off. But there was a moment there where you were like, I want to cause pain. I want you to hurt. And so that's where I got that reference. Right. But I didn't actually do it. So what I was, I, what I was referring to is I don't think that even in times when I, and I can't think of a specific example, times when I've been really hurt by somebody where I have actually active, acted in a vindictive way. Yeah, I can't think of a specific one where you actually followed through. Yeah. You just had thoughts. Thoughts of it. Thoughts yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but and, that maybe came out in a little bit of attitude <laughs> or a little bit of snippy repartee well, or snap. I don't know. Because uh, we've had some arguments where it was like sure. tit for tat kind of a oh, thing. Oh, for sure. But that's like normal, right? Yeah. When you get heated with someone, sometimes you cross the line. Yeah. And I don't know if there was crossing the line. Like, even though we've had like those discussions, it never turned into. I remember one time I crossed the line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's. Like, not a huge deal, but I remember uh, Calista and I had a deal. There's no swearing at each other. We don't ever swear at each other. It's like, if you say, you know, F you to me, that's fighting words. Oh, it's disrespect. Very disrespectful. And one time I got really mad at you while we were breaking up. And I just said, fuck you. I just screamed it at you. I was like, F off. And you just looked at me <laughs> like, what? I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, Cross the line because I was just exasperated and frustrated, and I just <laughs> I crossed the line. And yeah. then I ended up saying, "Oh, I crossed the line. I'm I'm sorry. I, I apologize." Yeah. But I did let that slip once when we were breaking up. <laughs> do you remember that? I, oh yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I do. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, getting back to significant others, yeah. though, while, you know, in the beginning, I think that there was, you know, I was still hurting. Um, you know, I have much more. Uh, sorry, I'm tripping over my words. Not just recently, but even with like your last relationship, you know, you would talk to me and I really wanted you to be in a place where you were happy and you felt supported and you were getting what you want. And so I'm very much more in this place of being on team Jennifer mm -hmm. in terms of looking out for your best interests yeah. um, and wanting the best for you and absolutely wanting you to be happy. And, um, and so your current boyfriend I've met several times and he's lovely. He's wonderful. And it's interesting, mm -hmm. but it is, it is interesting. Um, because on one hand, we talk about the fact like, you know, your husband, that person is gone. Um, and equally, uh, the person who was my wife is gone. Yeah. They are, you know, they existed. They, they, um, I, I think a really good way of, of, of putting that relationship in that time is they were the people that we needed to be, um, when we were them yeah and we evolve and we become something more something mm -hmm. better hopefully yeah and so in that respect and again i'm like calista where are you going with this well okay i'll i'll add or maybe help this along you had asked me about like we were talking about subjects what are we going to talk about and you were like kind of wanting to talk about like where are we now and i you know how are we as a family how are we relating to each other and i thought i don't want to talk about that because if i talk about that it means i have to bring up your significant other and i don't want to do that because i don't want to get in trouble mm -hmm. and you said well that's real life though this is a real thing mm -hmm. and i said um I said something about, well, is your significant other going to watch this episode? And you said, no, she doesn't watch this episode. And I go, well, she watched one and she got upset with me. And then I said, I go, she, you know, got really upset. And I didn't think it was totally warranted. And you said, I go, doesn't she watch the other episodes? And you go, no. And I go, well, that explains it. Because there's at least four episodes where I'm very complimentary, very kind, genuinely giving nice uh, comments about this person. And the one episode where I didn't say anything bad, but she interpreted it uh, um, bad. 
she got upset. And I thought, well, no wonder she's no reference to see all the kind things that I've said. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, you know, it's just misunderstandings. And I also have come to recognize that, well, like, I don't feel comfortable coming here like I used to. I don't feel like I used to be able to come over and just I felt like if I needed to spend the night, if I needed to come take a shower, if I needed to come relax on the sofa for half an hour, I'd be welcome. I don't feel like that door is open to me anymore. And it's not because of you. It's because I want to respect the fact that your significant other, this is now her home too. And I know how important her having a space and a place that's hers is important. So I don't come over really. I don't come in unless I'm invited. I, I just really pull back and we don't have a weekly dinner because mm -hmm. you're so busy. And then any free time you have, you have with her. And that's I respect true. that. I don't begrudge it at all, but we just, the way it used to be is not the way it is now. It's true. And that's unfortunate, but I also understand that's life. Mm -hmm. um, I wish things were better. I would like them to be, but I also understand sometimes people have traumas or they need certain space and time to come around. So my thing is I'm just going to be kind, respectful, friendly, and hope yeah. that the same will come back to me in time. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, as I've spoken to my girlfriend about it, a lot of it is how, you know, it's the lack of communication on both of your parts has um, exacerbated the situation. The episode that you're talking about was there was an episode where we went for a family visit to um, New York City for um, a cousin of mine that was getting married back last October. And so my girlfriend was with me and it was supposed to be, you know, like, and by and large, it was a great and fun time. But I think that things weren't communicated and I perhaps may have uh, slipped up and not, I think my girlfriend would tell me that I, you know, didn't adequately communicate what the plan was and everything. That's true. And, you and know, that's what I talked about in the episode. Yeah. And I think for me, um, you know, I, I, part of me is like, I just don't want to like it, it it puts me in this place of feeling like in the masculine role again of being the decision maker and everything. And women make all kinds of decisions. I know in women that, are communicators. I understand that, but I'm talking about in that specific circumstance how I felt. Right. You know, and I trust me, I make tons of. I have to make really big decisions, especially with respect to my clients and their welfare. Um, and sometimes those are some very hard decisions. So it's, I think just in that moment, it was sort of like I felt like I needed to make a decision and either I didn't follow through or I felt, you know, caught in the middle or anything. But as a result of that, um, there's fallout between you and my girlfriend that is unresolved. And I think you know, as I was telling you before, I think that she feels as though, um, you know, uh, she's she's trying to she's I'm sorry, I'm, I'm tripping over my words. Well, I'm going to say one quick little thing. When you try to please everyone, you please no one. So that yeah. was a problem. The surest way to fail is you, to try and please. Everyone. You were, I think, in from my view, vantage point looking in, I think you were trying to please both of us mm -hmm. and you just shut down and, and that pleased no one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got, you know, and I got stressed and overwhelmed and 
at that point, you know, I didn't. So that is what it is. And that wasn't really a huge deal to me. What was more of a big deal was what happened after. And it just got exponentially worse and worse and worse. And the thing that really got me and got me really upset was, I mean, I don't even feel comfortable saying this. Am I really allowed to talk about this? Yes, of course. (sighs) So... You had said to me on multiple occasions, you know, my girlfriend's upset. And I said, about what? And you go, well, you know, the episode. And I go, well, what specifically about the episode? And you said, I don't know. And I said, well, if you don't know, then how am I supposed to know? And uh, because I didn't do anything on purpose or say anything Mm -hmm. on purpose. And then you said, well, watch the episode and figure it out. And I said, are you (laughs) kidding me? You want me to watch the episode and just guess what was upsetting? I said, no. F off with that. And uh, and then you said, okay, well, she's really upset. And I go, well, I'm sorry that she's upset. And then you said, you really, will you please talk to her? And you asked me a couple of times to talk to her. And you said, she'll never. You no, know, two times, at okay. least two times. And, uh, and I said, I'm really uncomfortable with that. And you said, well, she won't mention anything to you. And I said, oh. And then when it got to a head, I said, Calista, I have this feeling that if I say something to her, it won't go well. I don't feel like it's going to be received well. I said, I'm open to it, but I'm telling you right now, I'm really uncomfortable. And if this goes the way I think it's going to go, it's going to get worse. And you said, okay, well, what, I'll leave it to you, whatever. And I was thinking about it and thinking about it. And I thought, okay, okay, I want to make this better. I want to have a conversation. And so I was really nervous. And I don't think you realized how nervous I was, but I was really nervous. And she came down the stairs and I was so nervous. And I'm normally not, but I was just like... I said, okay, um, I understand that you're upset with me and I'm open to having a conversation. And she shut me down. Yeah, but you know why she did. But I didn't at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was not explained to me for a while. So she just turned and she goes, oh, not now. I'm not doing this with you now. And I just went, oh. And I was like, my worst fear had just come true, that she was going to shut me down and be rude to me. And I just immediately burst into tears and I just put my head down. I didn't want you guys to see me crying. I don't know if you knew I was, but I was like, oh, you were, I could tell that you're on the verge. I was like grabbing my stuff and you're like, okay, well, see you later. All friendly. And she's like, bye, have a good night. And I'm like, crushed, absolutely crushed. And I left there going that didn't go well. And then from being hurt, then I got pissed. Then I was, cause that's what happens. You, you're angry cause sure. you are hurt. Yeah. I was so hurt that I had put myself out there and I was, sh- in my opinion, just fucking shut down that then I went to that place of F that B, you know, that mm-hmm. was like my attitude because I thought that's not okay. Then I expressed that to you. I said, that happened. And that was like what I didn't want to have happen, made it worse. And then like every time I would come to the house, she'd open the door and she would say, oh, it's you. And would literally turn around and walk away. And I'm like, really? She said, yes. oh, it's you? She did for sure one time. Oh, it's you. Whether she meant it mean or not, it didn't come across well. And that hurt my feelings. But I thought, OK, that's just she's just being cold. Or like, I'll come to the house. She doesn't get up from the sofa and greet me. She just keeps watching <sighs> TV or whatever she's doing. And I feel bad right now because I feel like I'm giving a laundry list of negative interactions but this is my experience and or like you know and so then I'm like oh my god this is getting worse and worse and worse to the point where I didn't want to come over anymore because it was so awkward and then we talked and you said well do you understand why she said that to you I said well how would I I don't know nobody said anything and you said she had a family member or a friend die from COVID that day Mm -hmm. and she was 
distraught and she didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, well, that's and she didn't really sad. And she didn't communicate that. She just told you, I can't do this that's right, right. Now. And I said, it would have been infinitely better if she said, you know what, Jen, I, someone just died and I'm really upset. Can we, I can't do it today. Give me something so that I understand it's not about me you're and right. rejecting me. It was that you're hurting. I would have said, oh, of course, no problem. But it wasn't. It was just, it, I was just shut down. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, you know, you said to me, well, I'm going to talk to her and, I, and she wants, I'm going to have her talk to you. And I said, oh, please don't, <laughs> because now I'm mad. Now, mm-hmm. if she wants to come to me and unless she's apologizing, I'm not going to be receptive. And I didn't feel like she felt like she needed to apologize to me. So I was like, better not to have World War Three happen. Mm-hmm. Let's just can we just agree to be nice, to be civil, to be kind? We don't have to rehash everything. I don't want to rehash everything. And that's where that was left. So now every time I have come, I make sure I get permission to come in and I always say hello. And I will give a compliment, a genuine one, to be nice. Like she's got an art gallery showing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I said, congratulations. I think that's really wonderful. And she said, oh, thank you. You know, and that was cool. But then she left and she didn't say goodbye. And I just like, it's just a little, like little slights. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, and I'm I, trying. Yeah. And I don't think it, you know, I realize I'm defending her here. I don't and you think, should, because she'll be mad if you don't. I, right. I don't think she's intentionally, it isn't intentional that she does that. Um, she's very open about the fact that, you know, I mean, so I don't think she would mind if I, you know, mention, you know, she has PTSD. And um, so a lot of times her responses don't have anything to do with you. A lot of it is her feeling like she needs to keep herself safe. And so um, some of that non-engagement isn't intended to be a slight to you at all. It's she's trying to not engage in a way that is going to make her feel vulnerable. Well, you know, that's going to trigger um, you know, uh, her PTSD. Mm. And when you have, and, and the thing is, is it's, it's a life dominating thing that I don't think that unless you've lived it, you can really understand it. I am so grateful. I don't have that type of, you know, post-traumatic response to things because it's just constant, um, in the background. Mm. And so oftentimes people operate from that space of avoiding in order to stay safe. And it isn't intended to um, be, um, you know, unpleasant towards you or to... Unwelcoming give, is yeah, how I feel. I feel unwelcome. The, yeah, or give you the cold shoulder. It has everything to do with um, where she's at with herself. Right. And, and it could be, and I'm just speculating, it could be that because the situation has now sort of blown up, that both of you um, are afraid to engage with one another for the fear of things getting worse. Well, if we have a sit down and she says, well, you did this, and then I'll be like, well, you did this, <laughs> and then it will blow up. Yeah. I mean, I would much rather just... We may not agree, so I'd rather just be friendly, be nice. Like, I'm so open to being welcoming. I invited her to a beauty party, and she didn't get back to me for a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. You responded right away. So these little things like that, like, I'm reaching out. I'm making steps that are just 
they're not over the top, but they're mm-hmm. little gestures saying, you're welcome. You're welcome in my world. You're yeah. welcome in my home. And I'm doing that by, and then she's not, she's worried that I'm not being genuine or that I'm being fake and sure. I'm, I'm not. And I am so nice. Sure. And, but she doesn't realize that. No. And, and I think vice versa too. Like you assume that she's giving you the cold shoulder when, you know, that isn't her intention. I know, but intentions are the path. What's the word? The road oh, to hell is no, paved with it, good intentions. Yeah, exactly. But That's how, how would you feel if someone opened the door and said, oh, it's you and like put their oh, back and walked away? Yeah, You'd be like, would, yeah, what? I, that doesn't sound in the way we, that you. We came here when you first uh-huh. moved in. We, you said, would you like to come in and have a tour? And I was like, yeah, but I was a little nervous because I didn't know if I was welcome. But we were walking around and she's in the other room, which is just like there's an opening and an opening and there's a little piece of wall between us. And I could hear her. And I said, hi. And she didn't peek her head around. Yeah. She just stayed in there. And I thought, how hard is it to take two steps back and go, hi, how's it going? So like little things like that, like maybe I'm expecting too much, but it does. It just makes me feel like she doesn't want us to be close. I understand. We have Time to, to wrap. wrap. Yeah. Okay. So oh, I feel like this is going to be a shit storm. To if she be sees continued. This episode. Well, don't you think it's going to be bad? I don't think she's going to see it. But oh. even if she did, I think the truth is better to come out than to just be in this state of resentment. But that's well, I will we officially have to go. say I will officially say I like you. I want to be friends. Please, let's just let the bygones be bygones bygones and coexist peacefully because I want that because I feel like there's a wedge right now between my family and I and I'm. A wedge between you and your family? Your family. Oh, okay. Like I wasn't, I didn't go to Christmas because there was discomfort there. Okay. So anyway, um, I yes, think peace we, be with us all. Yeah. So obviously this is a evolving situation. I mean, I, I'm trying not to get too in the middle of it because I, my feeling is last time I did that, it made the situation worse. Um, but it is, I, I understand, like, and this is one of the things that unfortunately happens. Um, misunderstandings lead to um, resentments and resentments build, and then we are where we are, and it's unfortunate. But um, I, it's not like I don't understand your point of view, and I understand her point of view. You know, it sounds silly to say, but it's like, I just wish that we could all get along. Me too. Yeah. And she would tell you, she would be like, there's no problem. I know that she would say that, but again, uh, you know, there is something there that is still unresolved. Well, maybe if I just stop worrying about it and just, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I will just come in. I will keep saying hello. I will keep engaging. And, and I'm just, that's that. Yep. I think that's probably the best thing that you can do. And then as far as like you and I are concerned, you know, I have said that with work has been very busy. It really has turned into like this full time career, which it was always expected to. Um, And I just, you know, most of the time when I'm not working, it's like my brain just shuts off. But Finding more time for us to do things together um, needs to be more of a priority. Uh, And, you know, it would be lovely if, you know, not just you and I and our daughter, but like I said, I like your boyfriend. He's very nice. And he Um, thinks you're lovely. Yeah. And it would be nice if all of us could, you know, 
inhabit that space. Well, let's, let's give that a try. Uh, that would be nice. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't have been able to come to Christmas this year. But you even said you were relieved that I didn't. Oh, I was because the reason why was that uh, uh, Dee and I were planning to go to San Francisco. And so there was some coordination there. Like you were thinking about flying back at one point. We could have worked that out. That's yeah. an excuse. Well, I'm just saying that that's why I was relieved. Like, again, really? I felt, well, because again, I felt like I'm in the middle of the situation. I felt like you felt uncomfortable because you were going to be feeling like you had to please both. But you didn't. You don't have. I, you, I'm not the primary person you need to please. So I'm just <laughs> going to say that out loud. You need to okay. please your significant other. But you'll, mm-hmm. you need to be kind to me. Yes. I don't need to be top priority. I don't expect to be top priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. Well, I hope I'm always kind to you. I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't engage enough, like with the situation, but I understand why. Yeah. So I respect that. And yeah. you are always kind to me. Mm-hmm. That's why we're still friends. <laughs> yes, you know, course. I love you. And I, I, I want to have a close relationship and I want to be able to feel like I'm invited to things. I don't want to feel like I can't go because it'll make you or your significant other uncomfortable because I'm so easy to get along with for the most part, unless you piss me off. And then I do get a little like. <laughs> Rare. Yeah. So I admit, I got a little rare when I felt like I was being, yeah. like, I felt like she was trying to cause a wedge intentionally between us and the family, like, get me out of the picture. And I just thought, that's not cool. Yeah. But I understand that's probably not her intention. So no. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say it's not her intention. It is not. And I know that much about her. So. Okay, and I accept that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Well, we hope that this episode was you know, informative and interesting and entertaining and all well, of that and, and hopefully it's helpful for other people that might be going through similar kind of awkward conversations. Like I've been avoiding this conversation on air for months because I didn't want to make it worse. But Clist mm-hmm. is like, but this is real. And I thought, oh, okay. Yeah. And we'll look do. at how the resentment has built. Yeah. And that I think is the big thing to talk about. Like, you know, when we don't speak our truth and we don't, uh, engage in things that are of course uncomfortable to talk about then we just have these simmering resentments yeah, that just build and build sweep, and build sweep 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 it well, under the rug and then the rug becomes a big mound well it's not even a rug it's like we just pack it down inside of us we still hold on to it you it was know? a metaphor yes i know um so anyway uh yes i hope this has been helpful for all of you please like and share and subscribe Uh, Join us on Patreon. We really appreciate uh, those of you that have helped us to continue the show. And in the future, we hope to have much more luxurious backgrounds. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, And send us your comments. Always. And thanks again for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into The Rage. If you haven't done so already, please hit the like, share and subscribe button now. We truly appreciate all your wonderful support. Find us on social media at The Rage Episodes and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Want to get more involved? Join us on Patreon. Supporters receive extra benefits as well as access to member-only content. Thanks again and have a beautiful day.